glad you came to church on Sunday night. I feel the presence of the Lord here on Sunday night. His word is true where my people come together in my name. There I am in the midst of them. There's something powerful when the people come together and declare and praise his name. There's such an evident, evident presence of God here tonight. I've said it so many times. He don't show up just to show up. He shows up because of the needs of his people. He loves us that much. I tell you, if we ever get a real deep revelation of the love of God, I can't say that I got one myself. I want it. That I can see how much He really does love me. We can paint pictures, or we use stories, and we even know in the Word of God by knowledge. But until that knowledge becomes a personal revelation, it's just a knowledge anything with the Word of God. I know He loves me, but until I get a revelation of Him loving me, it can, it changes everything. It changes everything. Thank you singers, musicians, setting the atmosphere. If you've got your Bibles here tonight, please keep prayer Everybody already knows, but I want to keep it on the forefront of our minds, Sister Alma, family, friends, all connected to her and the family, that God's hand, will, it's, it's already there, it's been there, that His hand manifests itself. We need that more than anything else. If you got your Bibles, I'm going to read one. I've got two marked, but I'm only going to read one passage of Scripture. 1 Kings chapter 18. <clears throat> now, I'm on this one tonight. The Lord's been dealing with me about this for weeks on end, and I, I write it, and I just push it aside and write it and push it aside. And <clears throat> But again, last night or this morning, he began to bring it back to my spirit. And um, I'm going to start this message, <clears throat> but stay with me in the beginning. I've got to lay the foundation securely for us to get to the end of what I feel the Holy Ghost is going to do for somebody. You know, we can know a lot of whys, or we can know a lot of things to do, but not know the why we do it. And that's good, and I thank God for it. But tonight, I feel the Holy Ghost is going to give somebody the why in a revelation of understanding of what he, what he does when you and I approach him. First Kings chapter 18, let's start with verse 19. Now, therefore, send and gather to me all of Israel unto Mount Carmel, the prophets of Baal, 450, and the prophets of Groves, 400, which eat at Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent unto all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together unto Mount Carmel. Elijah came unto all the people and said, How long halt ye between two opinions? If the Lord be God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. The people answered him not a word, then said Elijah unto the people, I, even I only, remain a prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let them therefore give us two bullocks, and let them choose one bullock for themselves, for themselves, cut it into pieces, lay it on the wood, put no fire under. I will dress the other bullock, and I'll lay it on wood and put no fire under. Here it is, verse 24. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord. And the Lord that answereth by fire, let him be God. And all the people answered and said, it's spoken. You call on the name of your God. I will call on the name 
of the Lord. This is a very familiar text. I've preached from it. Many of you have heard. Matter of fact, just at camp, they spoke about the fire. I'm not preaching tonight about the fire. I want to preach about the name that brings a revelation of who he is. Lift your hands one more time and ask God to talk to us tonight. Jesus, God, I ask you for an unction of your spirit, revelation and understanding by your word. God, I'm just a man. We're just people, your creation. But I'm asking you, let there be a revelation, an angel of God that would stand in this place tonight based upon our hunger in this building. I ask you in Jesus' name we pray. God bless you. You may be seated. The true benefits of being a people of the name. I've started, uh, this This was years ago, I, I, um, this, this came to me in prayer. I may have mentioned it before. If I have, then, then forgive me for uh, redundance. But I've often said in prayer, let it not be said of you, God, about me that you cannot. Let it not be said in, by you that you cannot do what I'm asking you to do because I cannot. Don't let it be said down the road that I get to a certain place and, and I find out that the reason you could not do what I know you're capable of doing was because I couldn't handle what I was asking you to do. So in prayer, Sister Gail, I've asked it many times, God. Matter of fact, it's almost a, 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 I hate to use the word pattern, but somewhere in the course of my praying through the day, it's gonna come off of my lips. God, don't let it be said you can't because I can't, but let it be said you can because I can't. And whatever you need to do to prepare my heart and my mind to prepare me for what you want to do and what I'm asking you to do, then God, I'm asking you now, prepare me with a moment of, I can, because he's ready for it. I remember the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. Don't let it be said, God, I'm not ready in my mind. I'm not ready in my will. I'm not ready in my faith. But let it always be said that you can because I'm ready. See, because there's a component to that understanding. It's aligning with the will of God and the purpose of God and the plan of God. And part of that is taking my will and saying, God, I, I want to know everything there is to know about you and the revelation of your name and a revelation of your word that it's not just a book for me that I read, but yet it's the revealed will of God for me to take into my heart, but not only take into my hearing, but that I apply it to everyday life. If I don't understand of being a benefit, benefactor of what the name of Jesus can do, what good is it to know? his name what good is it that I know his name and I can quote a few one the scriptures but if I don't know the true benefit of what he can do see this particular text is more than just fire coming down from heaven this text is more than just what they call the showdown on Mount Carmel it's more than just some uh, match between two people because when you study in the Old Testament, every time that there was an altar built, go all the way back even to Abraham, and when there was an altar built, God was always wanting to come in covenant with that entity, the humanity. And in that altar and in that covenant, God was wanting them to know that this is where my name is declared. When Abraham came out, God declared his name at an altar. When Noah came off of the boat, God was declaring again that men began to follow after the Lord and follow after the face of God. But what they were saying was they got a revelation of the name of God at that particular time or dispensation. So it's common that an altar was a place that God revealed his name. When Moses came out, there was altars. There was places of divine revelation that God, I am that I am. 
It wasn't the name of Jesus like you and I know, but it was a revealed nature, a name that Moses could grab a hold to at a time of difficulty, in a time of trouble, that God would reveal to him that name at a place of consecration. These altars now are seemingly foreign. It's a thing that we don't ever hardly talk about. We, we mention it every once in a while. I said this that night that we, hooked, we taught that Bible study and I was on the wrong chapter but taught a complete Bible study on the wrong chapter. Some of you that were there will get tickled and remember. But what was being said, I remember what God was trying to impart to us was it was at a place of worship that God revealed his name to us. And it starts all the way in the Old Testament when they came to a new land, conquering Canaan. What was the first order of business? They had to build an altar because when that altar was built, the name of God was revealed to that that which built the altar, but it wasn't just revealed to them. What was happening was God was proclaiming to that whole area, this is the name of the one true God. When he stepped into Canaan and the Hittites and the Amorites and all of these people, when he built altars, Abraham, Moses, all the men, Jacob, Isaac, when they built an altar, it was always under the understanding of worship unto God, covenant with God. But it was a revelation of the name that was to be declared over that nation. See, and we understand Jesus' name. We quote it all the time, and we understand what the name does. I, I got a partial understanding or a revelation that the name of Jesus is the name that had been revealed from or hidden from the beginning, but then revealed here in the end. But God is quickly bringing to the forefront to his church a revelation of who the name of God is again, but in demonstration. We've got it in knowledge, but God is, I noticed it at the youth camps. The demonstration of praise and worship that took place at those youth camps. Those kids jumped and shouted and raised their hands and praised God like there was no tomorrow. What it was was a revelation and a demonstration of what praise brought down. I told you, it'd be a little slow here at the beginning, but just hang with me. Worship was first mentioned. The very first word, worship, wasn't mentioned until Genesis 22. And it was mentioned with the pretense of an altar and later became a revelation, Jehovah Jireh, of his name on Mount Moriah. And what it was was a decoration to everybody in the spirit realm that only one God, out of one man's sacrifice, came a revelation that could bless thousands. So, if I understand the name, we know Jesus, but then they didn't. We understand that there is a special reverence and holiness that comes when God begins to reveal his name. There's a Hebrew alphabet it's the 21st alphabet of the Hebrew alphabet. And it's called the Shin, S-H-I-N. When you look at the Shin, that Hebrew letter, and you begin to study it, I, I, I started reading about it several years ago, actually, and then it kind of just came front and center. When I began to study what that letter represented, anytime you see it in Scripture, it represents the two names of God in the Old Testament. One, Shaddai, which means God's unlimited. The next meaning of the name of God means Shalom, peace. So when I read Psalms 18, I think the verse I gave you chapter, when you read in Psalms where it talks about rejoice, that's it right there. See how it shows three legs or three uh, sides to it or three legs uh, to the, uh, the shin. What it's saying and what that represents is this, that the name of God is declared over his people. But somewhere in my understanding, I've got to declare it back to him. 
Now, if you look at that thing, you can keep Psalms close because I'm going to come back to it here in a minute. But if you look at that letter, that Hebrew letter, the shin, it's got three arms. And actually, that one shows them equal. The actual uh, picture, the middle one is a little bit lower. But here's what many of the rabbinical Jews believe about this particular letter. It represents the posture by which man declares his name. The two arms left and right, the heads in the middle. It's a picture showing that when you and I lift our hands and we lift our head unto God, you are declaring the name. That's why this, this battle against praise is, is such an ongoing battle. The enemy don't want you and I to praise him because he knows when you praise him, you're demonstrating the name of Jesus. See, I can say the name of Jesus all day long, but when I lift my hands and I lift my head, I'm declaring he is the unlimited God and he's the peaceful God. The shin is, is very unique. That scripture there, let's go ahead and do it since I, it's there. I will call upon the Lord that is worthy to be praised. Praise, so shall I be saved from my enemies. What they were referring to in that scripture, Brother Fontenot, was this one element. When I praise God, your enemy now is scattered. See, I say it so many times, my enemy is scattered. In Jesus' name, my enemy is scattered. In Jesus' name, I'm healed. And that's good. I'm not delineate, delineating from the power of the spoken word. But what I'm trying to add to the power of the spoken word is when I lift my hands. See, I'm trying to take away a Pentecostal cloak that says we just do that because we're Pentecostal. No, 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 no. You're dialing into an Old Testament understanding that when I praise him, when I lift both my hands and I lift my voice, there's an... You're declaring the name. So I say, when the name of Jesus out our mouth don't work, why don't I just lift my hands and declare the name of Jesus will work. The name of Jesus is Why? Because it's in that moment. The covenant is being reinstated. You say, what are you guys talking about? I've done talked about this already, but I'm going to say it again. When you're baptized in Jesus' name, a covenant is between two parties. And one is always an initiator of the covenant, a greater of the parties, God. And God didn't come down and say, what do you think about baptism and getting wet? He didn't do that. He said it just like this. You got to be baptized in Jesus' name. Now, I'm saying it apostle style, but I think you got to save me a little time and save me some breath. I'm short-winded tonight. But when he said you got to be baptized in Jesus' name, what was he saying? This is my covenant. He's the greater party of the covenant saying, this is how you get in relationship with me. I got a lot of people that say, I love Jesus. I believe in Jesus. But you ain't having a relationship with him until you're baptized in Jesus. Jesus name and when you're baptized in Jesus name the covenant keeping God steps into where you are and the benefits of the name are front and center and when I begin to praise him it brings back all the power of the covenant I'm just giving it to you like I got it I ain't got no A, B, C outline. So you just got to take it how it comes. Because he hit me with it, brother. Wait, and I begin to see that this was your, you know what else that Shema means? Shin means body, soul, and spirit. And when you begin to read it, and again, going back to the rabbinical Jews, here's what it means the intellect, the emotion, and the mind. Here's what he's saying. You can't praise God really and your mind not be in it. 
Pentecostals hear me we've done we went through the motions and we raised our hands and our hearts been thinking on deer hunting and fishing and eating a ribeye or doing whatever else under the sun but when you really lift your hands together and the sin is demonstrated you're doing it with a mind a body and a spirit that says God I declare your name every time you lift up your hands you're declaring the name that was hidden before time ever began Body, soul, that means I can't just half-heartedly do it. I can't do it to make the preacher happy. I can't do it to make my Bible study teacher happy. I can't do it to make my mama happy, young people. I can't do it. But listen to me. If you want to get the full effect of the name of Jesus, see, here's the benefit. When you've been baptized in Jesus' name and you receive the Holy you're in covenant. That's it. And he's the greater party of the covenant. He keeps all of it. So that doesn't matter. When I fail, I'm still in covenant as long as I ask God to forgive me. When I drop the ball. And, but the enemy wants to rob us of our praise. He wants to rob us of our worship because the Let me give you. Remind me where I stopped. And if I come back, help me remember where I'm at because I'm like all over today. Do you know how we got the Greek interpretation of the whole New Testament? Philo, sound like a dog. Socrates, Socrates, like I called him, Socrates. All these Greek philosophers, when the Jews came out of Egypt, or when they came out of uh, the, 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 the 400 years of silence, and the gospel's being presented, and the word is now having to be translated, these philosophers come in place, and they begin to take uh, the word of the old Hebrew and they could not comprehend brother Fontenot how God was a volitional God here's what that means that he was a God that interacted in humanity but they also knew that when people called on the name Jehovah, Old Testament, Yahweh, when they called on his name, God moved quickly to come help his people. It wasn't because just the name. It was because they began to sacrifice at altars and begin to worship and praise him. And his name, come from, his power and right arm showed up. And those philosophers knew we can't have a God that interacts with mankind. So what they did, the Septuagint, they begin to pull away factors and wordiology in the original to separate the people from God. Personal relationship because they knew if they had a relationship with a God and they get a revelation of his name and they know really what he can do then they, 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 they lose their power folks the enemy don't want you and I to express the revelation of who the name of Jesus is he wasn't one of many he wasn't just another name but it was God manifested in the flesh that preacher's real good brother Benoit but you need to hear me it does no good until I add my praise to the revelation of the name of it with all of my heart, my mind, my soul, and my spirit. It didn't just end with body, soul. It also means fire. How ironic. Again, I told you I'm... I'm kind of just hitting a bunch of different areas because I, I, the way I'm seeing it is I'm seeing where we're going as churches. And the bombardment that's coming against the oneness, we call ourselves one, but the battle that's coming against us is wanting us to stop using his name. Don't, don't, don't use that, that sin. Don't you? Shaddai, unlimited God. Shalom, peace. When I praise him, Brother Bush, now, I'm declaring, God, you're unlimited. I guess the way it came to me was this. I can say the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, the name of Jesus, and sometimes nothing happens. But when I begin to say the name of Jesus and I begin to praise him, that's what activates the unlimited one to come. That's why I go back to our homes. 
You mean you know what's going to activate some things in our houses when we begin to walk that living room floor and we begin to walk that bedroom floor and we lift our hands as we begin to walk and declare, Jesus, you're Lord over my house. You're Lord over what are you saying? I'm saying it's time we bring the covenant back home. There's benefits of living for God. There's benefits in the name of Jesus. And we've yet to see the fulfillment of the benefits of what the name of Jesus can do. I'm hungry for something more than just his name. I've heard it all my life, and I'm for it. Please don't misread my, 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 whatever I'm doing. I just want something more. And when I begin to see, praise was the component. Rejoicing was another scripture, Psalms, I think, 119, 161, verse 161. It talks about, or I forget where it was, that's one of them. But that actually, that 119 of 161, go read in your Bible. It says right above it, the shin. If you'll go read that, the rest of those verses, 161, 162, 163, it's all verses declaring what God is to praise so if you understand all what I have tried my best to get you and I to see, let's go now to the text, kings. Here we are. The kingdom is out of order. John, everything's messed up, and it did not start with Jezebel. She preaches real good, but it didn't start with Jezebel. It started with Jeroboam it started in the beginning chapter 11 of that same book 1 Kings where Solomon dies and Rehoboam comes into play and he wouldn't take the, the counsel and he did and Jeroboam says alright you take two kingdoms I'm going to take the other ten and Jeroboam split and if you'll read those verses in Jeroboam I think it's Kings 11 he says it like this Worship in Jerusalem doesn't need to be done anymore. Now watch. Watch this. You, you, that's what I said. I, I know I'm schizophrenic tonight, but hang on. God had already said in Deuteronomy 16 and 11, my name will be in Jerusalem. God had already established all of my people are going to go to Jerusalem to worship and to praise me and declare my name. That's the way God instituted it. And Jeroboam steps up and says, I tell you what, you don't have to worship in Jerusalem no more. You don't have to praise God no more. I'm going to set up two altars, one in Bethel and one in Dan. I'm going to raise up my own priest. I'm going to start my own church, and I'm going to do my own thing. And he got out of the order by which the power of God moves. Go with me. In other words, what he stepped out of was, God, I'm going to do it my way. I don't have to praise you. I don't have to worship you. I got enough charisma. I've got enough political influence. I've got enough power in my education. I'll take the ten tribes and I'll make my own thing. And now, worship conveniently is introduced. He made it convenient. You don't have to drive all the way to Jerusalem. My God, that costs gas money. That costs too much money. That's too much sacrifice. But God said, my name is your, I don't care what you said. It costs me too much. See, it wasn't so much of the, the, the battle was God looking for a people that he could show his power through the name. I can have a knowledge of his name. They knew he was Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Tiskanu, Jehovah Shalom. They knew what he was. I am that I am. The lily of the valley, the bright morning. They knew what he was by title. But they never knew him in relationship power. They never knew him on a personal level of how he can be through the... It's kind of like this. 
He's already done everything. All I got to do is praise him and declare him and be obedient. And everything he got for me, it comes down like a tidal wave. And Jeroboam says, I'm going to make it easy. It's going to be convenient worship. You don't have to go there no more. And it starts. And now the kingdom, watch this. Put North America in with this. We made it easy. Now people don't have to come to church. They can stay home and watch it on video. Come on, somebody. We don't have to go to church. We can watch. Hey, I don't like you, Benoit. I'm going to go find me another preacher on YouTube. Oh, it's getting out. I feel my, ooh, I feel a little something moving up in me. I don't need that. It can be convenient. And see, our whole society now is upturned over one element. Don't make it so hard on me. When really the bottom line to the whole deal is if I'm obedient, it's really easy. But the enemy makes living for God hard so I don't live for him because, no, the bottom line is my will won't submit to what the Word of God says. So it'll take cancer. It'll take a car wreck. It'll take something terrifying to happen to try to wake us up because a mom and a daddy or a grandma or a grandpa or some prayer of some saint that doesn't go on, that prayer is still living and God's going to be forever merciful trying to reach for somebody. So, we made it convenient now in North America. And we have got, uh, I don't want to use the word showdown, I don't know, but there's coming a moment that this thing is fixing to explode. I feel it so strong in the Holy Ghost. There's coming a moment that our churches are going to explode. We're going to wake up one morning, Brother Bushnell, and where there's been empty seats, we're going to wake up and there's going to be seats filled in that building. Not because of a named preacher, not because of a fancy preacher, not because of a fancy church or fancy saints. It's going to be because somebody realized when I praise him, I'm declaring his name, and I'm going to keep praising him and hanging on until God delivers the benefits of what living for God is for. But that spirit wants to pull us away in this hour. It wants to pull every mama. It wants to pull every daddy. It wants to pull families away and think that it's easier. Our green, grass is greener over here. I like Brother Tenney's old saying, there's a septic tank on that side too. There's another tank on the other side. That job might not be the better job, but I'm pressing it because I'm all about, I want it to be convenient. When it should be, God, what's your will? What's your plan? What do you want for my life? God, I ask you here today, it's not about whether I get a good job or a bad. It's about what pleases you. Am I pleasing you in my prayer? Or am I giving you the same prayer over and over? Or is it a prayer that really desires the things of God more than anything in this world? Folks, God is looking for a people. And I believe he's found it in Indian Village. There's a group of people that understand. God, I want to please you more than the air that I breathe. More than things I go through the day. God, you matter more than anything I may. So now, watch. Watch this. Because Jeroboam decided his way is better than God's way. The kingdom is flipped. And there's chaos. And there's a battle. Now watch what happens. And we go to kings. And there's a famine in the land. I really believe a lot of the chaos that we see in the atmosphere and the suffering that this earth is going through is nothing more than the unrighteousness of man. Because if you read everywhere in the Old Testament, when, when they turn their back on God and stop praising him and worshiping him at an altar, famine came, pestilence came, trouble came. Somebody needs to hear me, this whole COVID thing. There's going to be another one. 
But you know what you and I can do? I'm not going to be fearful. I'm going to stay in the church and I'm going to praise him. I'm going to lift my hands unto him because I know declaring his name is not just something I do with my voice. It's something I do with my body, my soul, and my spirit. It's the fire that connects to the fire. When I rejoice and praise him, it's the fire in me connecting to the fire in him. So now the kingdom's upside down and Jeroboam did what he did because he thought his way was better than God's plan. Worship in Jerusalem. Why did God, I asked, I said, what's so big about Jerusalem? Why didn't he pick Haiti? Because he said, <laughs> real deep, ain't it, Brother Wade? He said it. And if he said it, there's a reason he said it. And it begins to unfold my name. It wasn't, it was just what God said, I'm going to, where I'm going to abide. And my name, it ain't really something magical in the soil of Jerusalem. It's just what he chose. And because he chose it, he said, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring my name. But what activates my name and the power that my name holds is when you come and worship me with all your heart, mind, soul, and spirit. When you live for him with everything you got, I promise you, we ain't got to beg for the fire to fall at camp. I ain't got to manufacture the fire to fall anywhere. But when I begin to praise him with my heart, the fire will fall on you and I like never before. Why? Because it's in his name. It's not in a geographical location. I believe hallowed ground, yes. But when he finds a people that realizes there's a benefit to being a people of the name, it's not just I get a goosebump, but the power of God shows up every time I praise him. So, it's upside down, messed up, and watch what it attracts. Jezebel. Jezebel and Ahab showed up because of a lack of a praising, ordering nation. Because there was no order, and they chose worship their own way, convenient, it brought in a Jezebel, Ahab picture. You see it? And that's where we are in a nation. Watch me. How, how many? I, may, I heard him even make reference to this. Somebody did. Don't remember who. I was the half and half. But everything you read in the media, everything you see, our kids, our, our, the, the propaganda, here's what it's saying. Your daddy is stupid. He don't know nothing. Don't you listen to him? It's attack against the headship, the order. And when we allow convenient worship and we don't exemplify in our posture the shema, the sin. When I don't emulate it, something's, I'm not experiencing the true benefits of what the name of Jesus can do. Again, I'm going Old Testament, New Testament. Y'all stay with me. I'm not benefiting. And we've got a day. I shout up. When you sing about the name, I shout, thank you, Jesus. But there's something that happens when my body, my soul, my will, and my spirit, the innermost part of me, it lines itself with raised hands unto him and says, I'm not waiting on the next song. I'm not waiting on somebody else. Folks, this is how we're going to see the true benefits of the name of Jesus. This is how we're going to see our back backslidden sons, our backslidden daughters, our backslidden community come back home. It's going to be a church that's praising and worshiping him that cost you something. If it's not costing, you better watch. I'm losing the benefit of what the name can do. And if I'm not careful, I go long enough with that, you're going to invite a Jezebel and an Ahab spirit into your home and into your family. And it's going to be out of order. And our kids are going to go haywire. But God, in this hour, that's why I don't believe the Elijah Mount Carmel experience was a one-time effect. 
It's out of order. Jezebel and Ahab, there's a famine in the land. And this is how it comes. Elijah confronts Ahab. He says, let me tell you something. He said, you go get all your prophets. You go get all those that don't have a revelation of the name. And you bring them. Go back maybe to 18 again. You go, Ahab said, you got all the prophets. And he answered, I'm not troubled. He said, you're the one that causing all the problems. Your father's house, forsaking all the commandments. And thou hast followed Balaam. Next verse. Now therefore gather me all the men of Carmel, prophets of Baal, 400, and the prophets of the grove. Watch this. And the prophets of the grove, 400, which eat at her table. They eat at her deceptions. They eat at her lies. There are a lot of good people out there that are under the spell of Jezebel. And you and I have the power in praise. What good is the revelation of the name if I don't couple it with the shin? Praise. And I feel this is where this thing's coming. There's fixing to be a demonstration of God's glory on the church like we've never seen. We, we, I've seen the benefits. I thank God for every benefit that God has afforded you and I. The psalmist says that for he loadeth me daily with benefits. I thank God, Brother Charlie, for every time I could have got sick and God healed me. Every time I almost got in a car wreck and, I'm, and God saved me. Every time maybe a, an airplane almost fell out of the sky and hit me. I thank God for all those benefits. But there's something even greater that God is ready to show the church and it's a revelation that when you and I understand I'm dapping into an Old Testament understanding and revelation that the power of God that fell on Carmel the power of God that parted the Red Sea the power of God that showed up when it was impossible is the same power that God wants to show the church and the way we see it is by lifting our hands and lifting our voice and lifting our heart and declaring his name to Together. Watch. Now, therefore, I'm closing. Musicians, y'all come. Yeah, y'all, y'all come. Gather me all of Israel. Under Mount Carmel, Proverbs 4. Next verse. So Ahab sent unto the children, gathered the prophets. Next verse. And Elijah came and said, How long y'all follow him, but follow me? And the people. Answered not a word. Next verse. And Elijah said, now look at this. He said, go get the majority. And I'll show you what God can do with a minority. You go get everything you got. This is what fuels my fire, Brother Daryl. That I can look at hell with a water pistol. And know my ship can't go down. He can't. As long as I stay obedient and I stay in the will of God, God promised me through covenant, I'm the greater party. When you can't carry yourself, all I want you to do, Benoit, is declare my name and praise me. You ain't got to walk around the state of Louisiana a hundred times and watch the walls fall. I thank God for those acts of faith. You ain't got to, if God tells you to, fine. But I'm trying to make it so, I hate to sound like Jeroboam, but I'm really trying to make it easy. Lift your hands and worship with everything you got. And when you do, God of the covenant steps in and says, who's been picking on my kids? Who's been dealing? What, what spirits have been coming around some of your families? What spirits been coming around some of your homes? What spirits been coming around your mind? When you're with the God of covenant and you know his name, there's a greater benefit than just knowing it. When he shows up, something happens that changes everything. A majority don't mean you going under. Sister Peggy, you could stand by yourself. God don't, you got a church family, but you hear me, Brother Fano. You can stand by yourself, and God will honor 
no matter what the majority is that's saying no, you'll never see it. What's some of the promises that's been told to this church? You'll never see this one come to the house of God. They're so bitter and angry. They're so full of the devil. I got a scripture right there. They were full of the devil too. And one prophet of God, the office of the prophet is going to be, the real office of the prophet is going to be restored, Brother Bushnell. And that prophet stood up, that one that could see beyond the problem. One man. He says, I, even I, remain a prophet of the Lord. But Baal's prophets are 400. Next verse. Let them get for, yeah, da, 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 da. Next verse. I don't care about them cows. And call, here's what he says, and I'm closing right here. That word name, now you ain't got no, you can go look it up. The shin makes up that word name. So here's what he just said. And this is what just compounded on me. If altars are where the name is declared. Even the Old Testament, the Day of Atonement, here's what the priest did. He took the blood from the lamb. He went in, went behind the holies of holies. When he sprinkled the blood on the altar, the mercy seat, here's what happened. He declared the name of the Lord for the people. So everywhere you see where there's sacrifice, there's a declaration. Sacrifice, declaration. What are we declaring? Am I declaring me driving a new Rolls Royce? Am I declaring me new a condo? No, no. What am I declaring? I declare the name of Jesus. Because if I declare his name, I'm declaring his will. I'm declaring his purpose. I'm declaring his plan. I'm declaring what he wants. If I can just declare his name. And Elisha says, I tell you what, boys, you go and you call on your demonstration to your gods. You see it? This is why I said, I'm, I'm going to come back and preach this again and again and again. Y'all better just get ready. Because this is an unlimited understanding. He said, you do your worship and prayer. That's why you got people now. They want to, fa they want to get everything fancy in worship. everything fancy. You know what they're doing Brother Fontenot? They're hiding the lack of anointing and masking it with everything else manufactured. And he said, you go ahead and y'all get your light show. You get your smoke screen. You get everything you want to get. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to get me a Dr. Pepper and I'm going to get me a bag of Lay's potato chips and I'm going to watch your show because it ain't in a matter of what you, your show it's a matter of me following what God told me to do Elijah why do you think I, I ain't going to go to the end of how do you think he ended it he said go get more water there's a famine he said drown it you know why he could say that because he knew the sheep I declare your name. He didn't have to spit on them. He didn't have to shake them. You're going to get the Holy Ghost. He just knew. I declare the I am that I am. And fire fell from heaven. Brother Charlie, we ain't got a manufacturer. If we just, Brother Mike, praise him with all our heart, soul and spirit I'm telling you we won't be able to stop the revival of people that will walk through our doors and I'm going to go a step further you've heard me say it I'm going to say it until I, my tongue falls out I don't care how far in sin they are you let them walk into a praising apostolic declaring the name church together I'm telling you things will break off of them at the door Stand with me. he said y'all go do your thing and I'm going to declare the name of the Lord 
And all the people said, you know what just happened in the close of this? One man, Brother Sherman, one man set a kingdom back in order. Do you think he suffered persecution? Brother Bushnell, it does concern me. People that's kind of crazy like me, it kind of worries me sometimes. Because let me tell you what, it's not the most popular. Like a barbed wire fence, he get pricked every time he opens his mouth. But you know what, Brother Bushnell? Here's what I think. Sometimes doing the will of God ain't always easy. And I think Elijah suffered a little bit. And it shows in the next chapter. Because Jesse come after him pretty good. But yet, he held on to what he knew. If I can praise him when I don't feel like it. If I can declare his name. Folks, you know, it's just not getting into a Pentecostal thing. You're getting into an Old Testament God of Israel, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When you praise him, all of heaven stands with you and attention to whatever you have. Is there anybody here tonight that wants to step out of your pew and give God a shout of praise? Clap your hands, lift your hands. Give him that demonstration, that posture of whatever you want to give him. Come on, I feel it moving in here right now. Somebody got a revelation tonight about praise. Somebody got a revelation about spoke the name of Jesus and it ain't been working. You just got the reason that'll change your family. Come on, lift your voice. Let's turn the altar into a praise moment. Let's let heaven know. I'm not just going to take the name, but I'm going to give it a demonstration by posture. There's deliverance in here right now. There's healing in here right now. I throw both my hands up because part of the covenant is healing. Part of the covenant is deliverance. And throwing your hands up and declaring his name together with all your heart brings a covenant keeping God into your family at home and our church.